everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about one of our favorite topics, one of my personal favorites, and that is the topic of landing a rock star hygiene position, finding your home office, uh, becoming a rock star hygienist, and learning as a boss or an interviewer or a, a manager how to learn to filter through and hire the best. And Sharice and I are here. We both have unique perspective on this because I at Spodak Dental Group and am heavily involved in the hiring process. Um, I developed our most recent uh, hygiene hiring protocol, uh, have utilized it to hire um, our two most recent hygienists who are just stellar, total rock star, totally integrated into our culture, total badass hygienists, like just, they're incredible, amazing. They fit with our team so well. Um, so it's a little bit of anecdotal experience in order to say, this is a system that I have found has worked on a small level. And I just am excited to see it grow and to continue using it and to share it with you guys for, for everyone to use it in the future. And, and I, I want to hop in and say that this, this concept is kind of new to me as I'm kind of growing into my team lead role. Um, and starting to kind of be part of the interviews and, you know, know what we're looking for and ask the right questions. But, you know, I want to speak to all of our listeners out there and, and help us all realize that this is a two-sided coin. Um, you know, Brittany's got a lot of insight into, you know, what you, what she's looking for when they're, when they're hiring hygienists. So hopefully your takeaway from this, because maybe you don't have that power, or that autonomy in your office, but hopefully your takeaway will be, you know, what you, what you, should be presenting of yourself when you go in looking for an office and, and what you should be looking for, you know, to make sure that your visions align and that sort of thing. So I think, you know, I don't want you to check out and think, well, I don't get to hire anybody. So this one isn't for me, but you know, this is, this has a lot to do with how we present ourselves and how we're growing for the future. So take it away, Brittany. I'm, I'm at your feet learning today. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, so for me too, you know, Erica, our COO is the one who officially, um, hire. She officially presses the go button, but I'm the one who interviews and conducts the phone interviews, um, conducts the working interviews, uh, introduces the potential hiree to the team and, and conducts all the preliminary stuff. And then once they kind of filter through me, they usually also have a sit down conversation with Erica. We kind of talk about, hey, what did you think of this person? What did you see here? What were the questions that you asked? This was this person's feedback to me. How did they comment to you on this to make sure there's some consistency? And I think that honestly, that is usually the best thing to have more than one uh, perspective. And even if you're not in a position where you're a manager or a lead hygienist or uh, heavily involved in the process of hiring new hygienists, I think that, you know, at Spodak, we hire and we fire as a team, yes. you know, and I think that's yes. so important because 
our teams are who we're going to spend the most time with. You know, they're the people that we have to get along with, have to be able to communicate, have to be able to solve difficult problems and be willing to have uncomfortable conversations and to grow together. Right. So if if we are not involved in the process of hiring, how do we know as a team if they're a fit for us, you know? And if historically we've hired great people, then we can trust their opinion and trust their insight when they say, ah, you know, I think this person is a great fit because of this. I think their attitude is really great. They did display um, initiative and wanting to learn and interest in the technology and, you know, we're initiators basically. Right. Um, And I take my team's opinion really, really seriously. So from the perspective of a hygienist, you know, I, I do feel um, honored and I feel thankful to have the perspective that I do because clearly I've been interviewed, you know, I wasn't always at Spodak. I've undergone the, gone through the interview process and been onboarded in other practices. And now, you know, full circle, I've come to be the one interviewing and be the one phone screening and, and do, doing all this stuff. So uh, perspective as a hygienist, I'll go through first. And then I think that I want to touch on after that, uh, the perspective as a manager, boss, or interviewer, and like what I'm looking for in an interview to give you guys some perspective. Um, So as a hygienist, this is what I think of going into an interview. I I want a place where I can call home, where I can feel validated and safe, where I have creative space and autonomy, where my intelligence won't be insulted, where we can trust our boss and our dentist to keep their word, uh, where we can trust them to do what's best for patients and do great work. We want to trust our dentists, obviously, because we want to be able to endorse them honestly yes. when they leave the room, right? So when the patient yes. turns to us and is like, hey, you know, uh, this this person, I've never heard this before, this is all new information, they see us as like a, a less threatening, less um, monetarily motivated uh, person in, in the practice, I think, you know, um, we connect with them on a different level. And I think that I'm sure that you've had this experience, Teresa, where as soon as the doctor come in, they come into the room, they do their exam, they uh, discuss treatment, especially when it's all new information to the patient, they'll turn to you and be like, hey, what do you think of this, right? Yes. Well, they just, you know, you think about it too, if you just spent an hour of your time educating them and talking to them and showing them all the things, Mm -hmm. and then somebody, you know, peeks their head in for a few minutes, yeah, they kind of look back to you for that guidance. So absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So that's one thing I look for. I want to make sure that I trust the dentist. Uh, trust their work, trust their opinion, um, have seen their outcomes and consistency. And even when things haven't worked out well, I want to see how they troubleshoot and keep um, and finish the job, basically. So when a temp crown comes off, like how do you treat the patient? You know, how important is it to you to get them back in and immediately um, connect with them and make sure that their problem is taken care of? You know, you want the continuity of care, be able to trust that throughout the entire process, the dentist is going to be there for the patient because I will endorse that all day long. Right. Um, so, and this is an interesting thing to say, but I think it's necessary. I want to, as a hygienist, also be in a place where the hierarchy is strictly professional and not interrelational. And what I mean by that is, I think there should be some sort of managerial hierarchy or who answers to who or a chain of command kind of thing, not necessarily in a uh, demeaning, degrading, you can't use your brain kind of way, but just as like, I know who the point person is to ask this particular question. I just know who to go to, to coach me through something specific. Right. And what I mean by that, what I mean by this hierarchy thing is that, you know, our dentists are dentists. They are the practice owners or they are the uh, contractors. They are the partners. Um, they have more education. We are, you know, ultimately our license falls under the umbrella of their license. So professionally, it's the hierarchy of the dentist oversees us and the, the general and indirect and direct supervision thing. Um, but, and, and I think that that's absolutely right. And it should be that way. And it is that way in reality. 
But I think that there needs to be this interrelational equality though, you know, where we're partners, we're looking at this as a partnership and not as like this chain of command, you know, yes. I hate when I see, uh, or I sense, or I feel that there's like segregation in an office just because of status or just right. because of education levels of education. So I don't love, uh, when I see, um, you know, a dentist or a hygienist or belittling, uh, an office person, uh, an admin team member, an assistant, just because of like, their licensure or something like we're all people at the end right. of the day like we're all well, people we're on the same team you know and that just shows kind of like are we going to be able to grow together or not are you going to be willing to listen to me uh, and i you or not you know if there's this interrelational hierarchy where you're not willing to talk to me as a human that's going to be a problem well and we know too from experience that if you've got that gap in relation across the practice, you know, that patients sense that as well. Mm -hmm. And so we know that if there's a tension there to begin with, that there's likely going to be some tension as we're moving forward. So that's, that is, that's really important to know. You want to work with a rock star team that that's yeah. really supports each other and has your back. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've seen this at Spodak. It's so beautiful. I think because at work, there's this clear, um, there are very clear expectations for everyone's role in the office. You know, it's, it's very clear how we're supposed to relate to one another, who's got which portion of the of, uh, patient involvement and interaction and treatment planning. And then there's also this like unity and we set aside our egos and our credentials when it comes to personal lives and personal things. You know, I'm friends with the office manager. I'm friends with, um, admin team members, we go to dinner, I'm friends with the doctors, I'm friends with, you know, other hygienists. And it's like, we all have these interpersonal relationships um, that I really, really value. And that's something that I want. And I think that people want and people value moving forward. You know, we're going to spend a lot of time with these people. We want to relate to them and make sure that we are, we are heard and seen as people, not just as our position. Um, right. Another thing that I think we look for as hygienists is long-term stability. Uh, predictable and growable income and benefits. So some sort of framework for saying, okay, if this, then that. If I achieve this, what will that equal pay-wise, benefits-wise? Or when I've been here this long and contributed X to the team, perhaps this will be, you know, how, how I'm incentivized or whatever. I think that it's good to have an outline or an understanding of what the practice offers in regards to benefits and incentives like bonuses. Right. Yes. Um, we want the ability to thrive, uh, for our ideas and opinions to be heard, to be able to evolve, develop, grow alongside others who are heading the same direction and to have memorable experiences together. So that is, uh, whether we consciously think about it or not, that goes back to that, uh, interrelational, uh, equality, you know, that I was just talking about. So, so those are some of the things as a hygienist that I really want. And it's really important, you know, some of the most important things I think are just the ability to flex my leadership muscles, the ability to think autonomously, be creative, have space to be wrong and, and explore things with others. You know, that's right. really, really important for us to have a, a thriving and fulfilling career. Yeah. And I think I have a few other things for me that I would, I would look for myself personally. Um, and it's funny that, you know, we're talking about this right now. We just actually did do an interview this past Friday. We were looking for a hygienist um, at the location where I work. Um, and so I'm just coming fresh out of that. And one of the things that 
I think is important to know is when we're talking about the stability of the practice itself and the team that's that's already existing is kind of what is the tenure of that team? How long has this team been together? You know, is, is there a lot of turnover here? And, you know, because that, that can tell you some things about what's going on. But if you've got a team that's like, no, we, you know, we've been here, you know, five, 10 years together. Um, everybody, we're really a solid team. That tells you a lot. Um, I think too, just with the era we're in of technology, I think it's good to know, you know, kind of what technology are you guys using and, you know, is there opportunity for growth in that? When's the last time you incorporated some new technology? Because, you know, sometimes offices get stagnant and if for you, if I will say for me personally, I get excited by the new technology, um, and learning and growing. So if this is an office who, you know, is, is not progressing in that direction, then I know that's probably not going to be the best fit for me. Um, and then lastly, I'll say too, just because we all know that I'm super driven by the oral systemic connection and, and really treating perio is, you know, it probably wouldn't hurt to ask kind of like, what do those numbers look like for, for the practice? How do you address perio? And, and what do those numbers look like? And what's the protocol, you know, right. what's the protocol exactly. for treatment and yes. what is the trickle down, how yes. do you guys partner to formulate treatment plans? Yeah. And I think that that's a part of, as a hygienist, interviewing the interviewer or yes. interviewing your boss, because yes. that's got to happen too. It can't just yes. be one way. And this isn't like a pride thing. It's a, let's make sure we're both good fits for each other. And as a manager, boss or interviewer, I am not a manager. I'm, I'm not a boss, but I do interviewing. Um, I am just really really transparent when it comes to all of these conversations with people, because I don't want someone to come in and just like us and like me and give them a, a good impression of who we are and just tell them the best things. I want to be honest with them because right. if they're not a fit and we're not a fit for them. I, I want to know that sooner than later. No one wants to waste anyone's time kind of thing. Right. You know? And I mean, I, and I think that's super important. I mean, if I'm being honest, we, we tell our candidates at Atlanta Dental Spa, you know, Hygiene here is is pretty upper echelon. It's high caliber. Like it, it is hard work and it takes a lot of focus and a lot of learning and a lot of growth. And we're going to support you all the way through that and really help. But, you know, if you're if you're just kind of looking for, you know, like a, a part time, you know, slinging profi paste kind of job, this isn't it. And I think it's important to always be clear at the beginning. Yep, totally. Realistic expectations. Yes. Just put it all out there. It's all good. Yes. Um, as a, so as manager, boss, or interviewer, what, what I'm looking for when I'm conducting an interview is I'm, I'm looking at the person's answers, but I'm really looking at the details and reading between the lines more so than just hearing their answers to the question. So what I'm really looking for is to see, does this person, does this person have initiative, drive, and take ownership over what they've already done and accomplished and what they want to accomplish in the future? Do they have their own plans and interests? Are they are they waiting for someone else to drive the bus? Or are they driving the bus themselves? Are they creating their own futures? Um, because then that's how I know that's that's who they are, and they're going to bring themselves everywhere they go, including work. Right. 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 Um, I I want to see you know their personality. I want to see that they have self confidence. Uh, people who you know are highly emotionally intelligent or have self-confidence are more likely to take risks and grow, to get creative, to overcome challenges and obstacles. Right. Yeah, so I want to see that. Um, I want someone too who is realizes and has some humility about the fact that um, you know it would be an honor or a privilege to join our team too. Just as much as it would be an honor and a privilege if they're like a great candidate for us to have them. Right. 
It's really cool when the person has done their research, has investigated the practice, has Googled things, has you know looked us up and understands our values. And, and when I hear the excitement in their voice about the potential of joining our team, I'm like, right. yes, that's what we need. I don't, I don't want someone who's just going to come in, clock in, clock out, sling the profi pace. We want someone who wants to be there, right. you know? Right. I'm going to share uh, uh, about my interview uh, process with Shay, who's one of our most recent uh, hirees. She's been there for a little over a year, and she's just incredible, just crushing it in every way. She's totally adopted our culture. But she and one of our other most recent hirees, Jen, who's been there, I think, around a year, uh, went to hygiene school together, and they're both just so excited and happy to be on our team. They, they came in to our practice on Christmas to sharpen instruments. <laughs> no one asked them to do that. They did it themselves oh. because they wanted to and neither of them that neither of them wanted to be home and neither of them, you know, had had plans going on and whatever, but they were like, "Oh, what an opportunity. We can go in and sharpen instruments for our team." Like, and I think honestly, it bothers me a little bit because I do want people to have vacation right, and right. spend time with their families and that's all very important to me. So, I was kind of like, "Are you sure you want to do this, you know?" But it was totally on their own accord. They were like, Yes, we're coming out on Christmas. This is an opportunity. We want to be there. We love being there and we love doing this for the team. Like that's the kind of people that I want, and I, and I would never ask someone to do right. that, but right. just someone who wants to take that upon themselves and cares about the team that much. It just is like, it brings a tear to my eye of joy, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's so rare. And I, um, I have the privilege of knowing these two ladies as well. And yes, they are absolute rock stars. They, yes. So amazing. Amazing. Yes. Um, so I'm looking for high integrity, um, someone who knows their why, who has a lot of self-awareness, um, someone who believes in what they do, because that is truly longevity waiting to happen. If someone can tell you their why and you know what they're passionate about in hygiene and where they want to go in five years and where they hope to see the profession and how they want to grow, what type of technology they want to use, um, what their interests are uh, regarding you know uh, hygiene, that is a person who is like, they are invested. They want to stick with this long-term. They are passionate about it and they may have found their long-term home here. So I want longevity and that's typically when I find it. Um, so another sign that I look for is someone who wants to advance their education, whether that means getting their next degree or just uh, continuing to take continuing education and, and someone who can really tell me in detail what that's going to look like for them in their future. Um, because it's not... It should never be a, a competitive thing. Like, I feel like maybe some people who are interviewing are like, oh, you want to get your next degree? That's going to take away from you working here. Like, that might cost us some time. You might have to right. be you know, part-time or, or whatever. But it's an investment in their future, in their career. They're clearly in this for the right reasons. They, they truly love it, you know, if they want to advance their education. Right. That tells you that coming in, they have the growth mindset, that they exactly. want to move forward. They want to do more. They want to better themselves. And that's exactly what you're looking for. Exactly. Thanks for investing your time and energy into listening to Bulletproof Hygiene. Remember to click subscribe to join our community of dental professionals that embrace growth and collaboration to better yourself, your patients, and our profession. For more information on our 2021 Live Summit, Bulletproof Hygiene Book, and training opportunities, download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene. So some of the things I look for on a resume are um, strengths like, uh, like I want to see their historic initiative. Like what have they accomplished in the past without anyone kind of praising them or propping them up or, 
making them do something, you know, like what have they sought themselves? Like, were they the class president? Did they start a 5K? Did, are they involved in the community? Uh, what kind of historic continuing education have they taken outside of the, the just the typical requirements? Um, you know, I, I want to see what they've done so far, the technology that they've learned. And usually you can either hear like, yeah, that was, you know, that was a lot. I had to do this or the excitement in their voice when it's like, yes, I got to take the CE and I learned about the oral systemic link. And now we, we got to implement salivary testing. I learned about um, obstructive sleep apnea, you know, like you can just hear when someone like wants to be doing it and, right. and is passionate about these things. So I look for that. Um, I really like when I see on a resume, this might sound a little bit unusual, but I really like seeing restaurant experience. Uh, I like seeing sales backgrounds uh, because these are people who have dealt or hospitality, actually, let me add that too, because these are people who have had some experience dealing with a wide variety of personality types yep. who have had to resolve conflicts, who have worked under high stress, who have had to deal with other personalities that they work with, you know, in unique, in unique ways, um, people who have had to essentially sell things, you know, sell their services, sell their food and beverages, sell their whatever. Um, and so they've already kind of, to some extent, gotten over the idea of like sales as a bad thing, I think. That's one thing. And also just the interrelational things. And, and I feel like so many things, I worked in restaurants for eight years uh, while I was in college and I learned so much about people, you know, people that I had never come into contact with, you know, we all have our own worldviews and our own limited experiences and we're in our own little bubble until we branch out. And so being in Florida, there's a lot of uh, transient people and uh, vacationers and, and it was just interesting. I got to hear a lot of people's stories and chat with a lot of different personalities figure out that culturally, like we're all so different. We're all similar, but different. So I think it's just, that's one of the things I look for. Um, also, um, I want to hear, I listen for verbiage, like growth oriented verbiage. I listen for, is the person kind of making excuses for their challenges or difficulties, or are they kind of like bringing them up and talking about how they're overcoming them or brainstorming to overcome them? I look, I listen for those things because I think everyone writes solution oriented on their resume, right? That's always a strength, solution oriented right. or, what, or whatever, you know, but I want to hear it and I want to see it. Right. Well, and I think that, you know, that's a, that's a good recommendation for a hygienist out there that might be looking to go out and pursue um, a career to new practice is, is thinking, you know, as you're hearing all of this, thinking ahead, what you can kind of prepare in your own mind for questions that can come your way. You know, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What are my challenges? But things like you're saying right now, like, what have I overcome? You know, where was it? What was an instance where I, I came up a, to a roadblock and I pushed through and the steps I took and then how that felt afterwards? I think those are really, really important questions to ask ourselves mm -hmm. um, as we're making, presenting who we are and what we're capable of. Yes. Yep. And in a little while, I'm going to go through the questions that I actually ask during an, an interview. And I, I developed these and kind of like change them over time as I see, you know, how things evolve and how uh, maybe I would have wanted more information on, you know, certain topics. So I change them periodically and kind of like continue developing them. But I've got like a core framework that I'll go through um, in a little bit. So in regards to who's hired and who's fired too, um, there is... There, there's a, a kind of a framework for this too, and it goes hand in hand with what we just said. So a person who really knows themselves, who has strong values, a high uh, code of ethics and integrity, someone who 
looks at our vision and our core values and says, that's what I want. You know, someone who has their own uh, vision statement, their own uh, written down goals and objectives where they want to be in five years. I really like that kind of um, planning and forethought. You know, because it just shows I don't I don't care so much. I do care, you know, on a personal level, but I don't care so much what the answers are. I care that the person took time to create that for themselves and to write it down and to outline it. That shows initiative. It shows organization. It shows that the person is interested in learning about themselves uh, and, and knows themselves. It shows a high level of emotional intelligence. Right. Um, I, I like, especially in working interviews, when, when people display evidence of actual effort to improve performance and growth. Uh, people who aren't really displaying a lot of ego, but are asking a lot of questions and are truly trying to learn. I don't care if they're good at something. I care if they're trying to learn and trying to get better and, and willing to do the work to do that. Um, I really like people who avoid gossip as we've, we've brought up so many times, you know, uh, one, some of the questions that I asked during interviewing are how, you know, when you were met with a tough situation or a tough personality, or when was the last time you overcame a challenge with someone else? How did that go? How did you troubleshoot it? You know, how did you solve the problem kind of thing? Um, I don't want to hear a lot of, I don't want to hear a lot about the problem. I want to hear about the solution, you know, and when I ask these questions, a lot of times people talk about the problem, the problem, the problem, this is what got in the way, this person was crazy, this person had a problem, that's great, but like, what do you think you're going to encounter here? Because we're all people too, you know, as great as our team is, all right. of us are different, like, yes. it's, it's going to be different and the same, you know, you're going to encounter problems, you're going to have to overcome challenges, so how did you do that in the past, and if they are just focused on the problem, I'm like, mm, it's probably not a person right. I want to well hire. It's funny that you say that. So the interview that we just did Friday, I went really well and I really liked her. And one of the things she said was when we asked her, you know, about some of her pet peeves in an office um, in her past, uh, one of the main things she said was uh, communication and drama. She said, I am not a drama girl. And sometimes people will tell me I'm a little too blunt, but it's because I'm not going to go talk about somebody else that it makes me crazy. You know, you're in a, most practices are a majority of women. Mm -hmm. um, and she said, I just, I'm not catty like that. And I just, if, the, if we have an issue, I want to go to that person. And if somebody comes to me and is talking about somebody else, I will say to them, let's go together to that person and get this worked out. So that made me super excited because that's really, really important to us. Yes. And I want to unstereotype women right now and just say, <laughs> I have seen cattiness many times. From men, I this is true. But well, I was saying more so that I would say the majority of offices are predominantly women with a few men, is why I said that. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so another some of the things that I'm looking for is I like when people know what their personal interests are too. I like uh, people who, you know, like to dance or like uh, drama, they like acting, they like. Uh, something in their own lives. They have hobbies and interests. I just feel like a person who has work life, some semblance of balance or some semblance of interest when they're not at work and someone who knows how they enjoy spending their free time. I really like that. You know, it's, it's part of who they are. I enjoy getting to know them, their personality, but also it's like they're taking initiative in their own life to make sure that they feel fulfilled and satisfied and happy. And they're going to come to work more energized and refreshed because of that. Right. So they are doing whatever they want to do in their free time. That's great. You know, I see all the time on weekends, um, one of our hygienists, Jen, she scuba dives. Um, Shay and, and Jen are both dancers, you know. Uh, Shay's also an artist. 
Ashley has her kids, you know, Kirstie's always out on the boat. Um, uh, Lucy's remodeling her house right now. You know, Yvette's a dancer too. It's just uh, like all of our hygienists are just, they've got their own unique things. And I think that that's healthy. I like to see that. Yes, yes, agreed. Um, sorry, I'm trying to roll down to, uh, okay. So hiring and interviewing the onboarding process at Spodak. So I'll just go through quickly what the actual steps are and how we conduct uh, onboarding and hiring uh, someone new in, in the hygiene department. So the first step is I like to receive a verbal reference from someone. Um, and I, the person that I used to, used to ask when she was in this area was Cindy Clements. She's actually the person who got me into dental hygiene. She was an adjunct instructor for two uh, local colleges, the biggest hygiene uh, programs in our area in South Florida, uh, Broward and Palm Beach State College. She, she worked at both. Uh, she's been there for a long time. She's seen lots of students come and go. Uh, I think that she has a great big picture perspective and you know keeps in touch with people when they enter the workforce and sees how they're doing and how they're developing. So she's a great resource, really love her. She's been a mentor to me. You know, we interviewed her for our book. She's someone that I really trust who really does have a growth mindset. You know, she's getting her PhD currently, very smart, educated woman, overcome a lot in her life, someone that I really respect and trust. Um, so I asked her for uh, recommendations and references uh, prior to even asking for a resume. Um, so she sent me a couple of people. She recommended two people to me and I honestly cold call these people typically. This is how, <laughs> how this goes because I don't like, you know, sifting just through resumes. Resumes are uh, an important piece of uh, information when it comes to considering who to hire, but it really is just like everyone's on their best behavior. You know, you're right. putting your best foot forward, Correct. which is great. And you should, it's yeah. just, you don't know who someone really is. And if you, if they come from a trusted source, you've just jumped ahead, you right. know, you've just skipped a lot of the process of filtering out people who aren't really, uh, potentials. So when this happened last time, uh, I called two people. I first, um, I think I first texted them and said, Hey, I'm Brittany. I'm the lead uh, hygienist at the Spodak Dental Group in Delray Beach. I was referred to you by Cindy Clements and she spoke very highly of you. I'd like to uh, schedule a conversation for us to, to gain some mutual familiarity. And it's true. You know, I, I don't put any promises out there. I'm not like, hey, you know, we're trying to hire anyone. I really do. I do like getting to know hygienists in the community, especially if you're a rock star, even if it doesn't work out or we don't hire you. It's just great to know. Great yes. to know you. I want to connect with you. Um, so that's usually how I put it out there. And then uh, I ask, you know, we'll, we'll schedule that phone, that phone call. I'll ask usually for a resume before that call, just to say, hey, I'd love to see your experience. If you don't mind, could you, could you forward your resume? I just want to see where you've been and what you're up to, if you're open to that. And if they're not, that's totally fine. Like maybe they're like, don't think they're looking for anything or they're like, yeah, let's have a conversation first, whatever. That's fine. Um, if they send me their resume, I like to pay attention to their attention to detail. Is it organized? Are there typos? You know, it, what does it look like? What is their experience? What are the bullet points? What kind of technology are they involved in? Um, so I review their resume, basic requirements, uh, affiliations, work history, all that stuff. Um, so phone interview is usually about 20 to 30 minutes. And I like to ask questions, but also I really like to tell the applicant or the potential 
about our practice and then just kind of like listen to their reaction or their response, you know, like, like, huh, that's interesting. Or wow, that sounds really cool. Like, I want to hear what they think honestly about this. Right. Um, so usually I ask them these questions. What inspired you to become a dental hygienist? Tell me about your career interests and goals. Where do you see yourself professionally and personally in five years? Tell me about your work experience. How do you think your past work experience has shaped or strengthened your clinical practice? What's your favorite part about your job? What are you satisfied with in regards to your current employment? What's missing? What do you need to be completely fulfilled in your career? And then what questions do you have for me? What do you know about our practice? And then, you know, listen to them and then let me tell you more. And then I tell them about our practice, history, culture, uh, give them an overview of everything, clinical hygiene expectations, and determine, you know, kind of in this conversation, are, does this applicant's vision and professional goals seem aligned with our practice goals? Is it worth continuing this interview process or not? So some of the things I really liked uh, when I interviewed Shay was that she, um, she came across very strong. She's a strong personality. She's a bold person. Uh, she reminded me of me in that way. I actually make a terrible first impression. Shay did not Shay did not make a terrible first impression. She just came on very strong um, and she is a strong woman. Um, but I liked that she was questioning me about a lot of things. So what's your hygiene protocol? So what do you do there? What, you know, what do you think about your practice? Why do you like it there? Uh, what, how long has your team been there? Like you said, the longevity, she was asking about longevity. Uh, and I really liked that. She was very interested in that, you know? If the were you about to say something? Well, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, I think that tells you when you've got an applicant who's asking a lot of questions about the practice and your personal experience as a hygienist, mm -hmm. um, you know, that tells you they, they know themselves pretty well. They know what they're looking for. They've really thought this through. So, yeah, I think and, and you know, I think a lot of times in all honesty, you know, depending on our come from, you know, I mean, sometimes our come from is I really need a job right now. I, you know, I've I've, I've got to put food on the table. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we walk into something and it, and it really, we come from the, that mindset of like, I just need a job right now. So I'm just, if they hire me, I'm going to say yes to this, but if it's not going to be super fulfilling and it's, you know, not going to be somewhere that you're going to stay on for the long haul, then that it's probably not worth all that time and effort. So, you know, it's, it's a good idea to think about all of these questions before, because it's not just them interviewing you, you get to interview them too, to see if everything fits with how you think and, and, you know, what your ideas are and what your goals are. It's super important. Right. And I think as I'm going through these steps for hiring, this is going to seem, I think, lengthy and involved to many uh, managers or interviewers. Um, but I think that it's really important to take these steps and do this slow hiring process, because if it really is like the person that we want to be on our team for a long period of time, and they really are a fit, it's kind of like dating. Like we've got to get to know each other. There's right. got to be like this familiarity and make sure that it's right. You know, a lot of times I think we are trying to put out fires by hiring people. So right. it's like an urgent situation. Yes. Someone has left. We need to bring someone on and we feel this pressure, but that can be so damaging to the team. You know, really, if we have a, a an effective and efficient hiring process, we're going to be able to weed, weed out a lot of people who maybe don't belong. And that's going to save everyone a lot of time and heartache, you know, and we're going to end up with better long-term people. Really the way that this should work in a perfect world is we should hire slow and fire fast. And I don't mean fire on a whim and fire just, you know, without trying to make things work first and fire whatever. But when someone is clearly not a fit for the team, when someone is clearly 
uh, damaging team culture and morale and continuously gossiping or isn't interested in growing and learning, like people learn, people around that person learn that that is acceptable behavior right. and it's a trickle effect and it has a ripple effect on the rest of the team. So that's what I mean, you know, that person shouldn't remain on the team. And conversely, when we're thinking of hiring, it should be this slow process that the whole team or, or the team that it's gonna immediately affect, the doctors and hygienists at least, are involved in. Right, yes. So after, after a phone conversation, typically, you know, I kind of think about their responses, think about their answers, uh, read between the lines and kind of ask like, okay, could I see this person, uh, their personality and their drive and their interests kind of fitting on our team? If the answer is yes, potentially, um, I'll invite them for a shadow day. So this is when they come in, uh, I conduct a face-to-face -face interview on that day, and then they shadow our team for either a half or full day. And during that time, I don't want them to just shadow me. I want them to shadow and interact with our hygiene assistants, with our all of our hygienists. We have eight hygienists at Spodak. I want them to look at, you know, it with them and converse with them. And I encourage them to ask questions and chat with people and say hello in the hallways and introduce themselves to the doctors. I encourage them because I want the team's perspective and the way to get that is by them interacting with the person, you know, and just getting some real feedback. They ask their own questions. They conduct their own mini interviews, you know, then we've got all of this information and all of these impressions and, and that's highly valuable, especially because, you know, you and I, we trust our teams. We know our teams. Right. You know what they're capable of and what their values are. So if they're saying, yeah, I think this person's like legit could be a great fit or no, because of this, or this potentially could be a problem. This could potentially be a strength Here are the pros and cons that I see. It's just so valuable. I really yes. value that from our team. Yes. So during shadow day, they stay, it really is their choice. I don't care if they're there for a full day or half day. I uh, just like you know, hearing how they interacted with the team. And I do, I am intentional about following up with the team after that. And I'll either send an email, I'll send a text, I'll, I'll call my team and say, hey, what did you think of so-and-so who was here for shadow day today? What did you, what did you find about them? What do you think? Um, so that's the next step is I consult with hygienists and hygiene assistants about their impression. Uh, I usually send then an email or a text to schedule a working interview with this person if they seem like there's still potential there and they could potentially be a good fit, you know, after receiving that feedback from the team. And then the applicant assumes either a half or full day of my schedule. Uh, so they do a working interview with my patients and I'm with them the entire day. And a lot of times if there's a hygienist who has a cancellation or something, I have them come, you know, come do the shadowing the applicant, you know, instead of just me in the room and just me uh, gaining that impression of how the person works. And I, I really don't give the person a lot of uh, information on what I want from them. I just want to see how they operate without any stimulus or guidance from me. Like I want to see, hey, who are you as a clinician autonomously? Um, so some of the things I look for during shadow day is did you review the medical history? Like it's some of the basics I'm really looking for because I want to know how you practice typically. Right. Did you review the medical history? What were the questions that you asked? Were the questions open-ended? Did you do an oral cancer screening? Did you do a perio chart? Did you, you know, find uh, restorative needs? Did you discuss and educate the patient? Discuss these things with the patient and educate them. Did you snap a photograph or ask if you could snap a photograph? You know, did you take the proper radiographs? Did you review the schedule? Did you take initiative? Uh, and I want to make sure that their clinical skills are up to par, even though it's less about the 
how skilled they are, because if they're a person who's growth oriented, that can always be developed. Right. But I do want to see like, Hey, what's, what are you doing here? Like, how is your practice in general? That's, that's important. Well, it Um, is too, because you need to know, you know, if, if you feel like, because we can always work on the clinical skills. Like, you know, if you don't know the software, we can teach you the software. If you don't know our cameras, we can teach you that. If you don't know that, you know, iTero, we can teach you that. But it's the general, you know, what is your patient rapport look like? What does your verbiage sound like? What is your, you know, what's important to you? Are you doing all the steps? Because if you've got the foundation and you've got somebody who is growth-minded and wanting to work, you know you can teach those other things. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, and conversely, you know, in the same way, if, if they're not, they can have the best clinical skills, be really great clinically and still not be a, a team player, still not be able to connect with the patient, still right. not have the rapport and the people skills that they need in order for patients to trust them and right. to accept treatment and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's definitely about what you just said too, the rapport and how they connect with people, how they chat with them. I like to see like what percentage and what portion of the visit they spend just kind of shooting the shit? Like, are they just chatting and kind of, uh, like, are they just, are they just chatting and not educating the patient? Are they just like getting them on a personal level or are they really taking the time to do this assessment, educate the patients, connect with them on a deeper level? Right. Um, so then I have the applicant return to assume their own schedule for a full day of hygiene. And uh, if, if they're good, if I'm like, okay, this is potentially a person for our team, I give them their own schedule for a day I usually give them more time with each patient just because the systems are usually new, you know, our scheduling and our processes and our x-ray systems, everything's new. So it's not about timing at this point. It's just about, uh, I want to see how they, they work on their own. So I'm not really shadowing them if they return for their own full or half day of hygiene. I just kind of check in with them. I ask the patients for feedback. I have the other hygienists check in on them. Uh, and again, I, I just get everyone's perspective the entire time. So if after all of these steps, the team is like, yeah, this could be a really great long-term fit, uh, I make a job offer. Uh, and, and this is after, by the way, if, if the person has made it through all this and I'm like, yeah, this is legit, then Erica will go ahead and, and you know, interview the person and talk about benefits and talk about pay. Uh, most of the time I've had some conversation with them about pay and benefits and bonuses and the way that that all works up front without giving them specific numbers. Right. Uh, I'll just give them an example. I'll give them a general range. I'll tell them, hey, it really is fertile ground here. It kind of depends on how you want to plant seeds and what you want to do with it. Uh, you have to use your own autonomy kind of thing. But then Erica has those specific like HR and pay related conversations with them and she conducts her own interview of them. So it's just another impression, you know, from this really smart person that we're getting to see if this is if this is potentially a fit. And then if we all are like on the same page, then we make a job offer. And even if the person receives a job offer for full time or part time, uh, doesn't really matter. We let them know that it's a 90 day trial hire. So we are essentially getting to know you. You're getting to know us. We want to make sure this is a great fit for everyone so that long term everyone is happy. Yes. And I think that's really, really important. And I think it's a really great step because just like you said earlier, you, you know, it's, it's kind of a, the dating process at the beginning, you're just getting to know each other and, you know, we are putting our best foot forward walking in, you know, everything's the highlight reel, you know, you're, you're still a little nervous. You, you may not be yourself. You're not relaxed yet. So yeah. that 90 days is important for both because it may be that, you know, as a, as a hygienist coming in, you're like, oh maybe this isn't the best fit or I, you know, maybe this isn't what I was wanting. So I think it's a really important thing for both sides. And, and I think it's important to present it that 
way. You know, like, hey, it's not just us evaluating you. It gives you the chance to evaluate us too and make sure that this is just a good fit all the way around. Right. Yes. So I want to go through some of the questions that I would ask uh, during that face-to-face interview on shadow day, because I went through my kind of like phone pre-screening open-ended type of questions, but these are some more specific questions uh, that gives me a little more insight into into the person's interests and experience. So I like asking if the person is potentially leaving a current practice to come practice with us, I ask them, why are you leaving your current practice? Right. And I look for things like, well, you know, I, I really want to grow. I really want to adapt to the new technology. I just don't have those growth opportunities where I am now. Really interested in your office because X, Y, Z. I think I'll have those opportunities. I want to specifically learn the iTero. I love the Nomad. I love this. You know, I look for that sort of answer. And also I look for things like, okay, does this, is the reason that you're leaving something that could be resolved and you're just choosing not to, it's okay if, if that's right. the case, because sometimes even if you could, it's not where you are is not the long-term fit and that's fine. It's not necessarily a bad place. I definitely don't want to hear a person badmouth their boss or badmouth their team members or badmouth whatever, because that tells me about you, not necessarily those team right. members, right? right. Um, if they're saying, you know, I'm leaving because I, you know, so-and-so was really difficult to work with and their personality was bad. And this person was, I don't know, if, if they're talking more about the people and the problems then I'm kind of like, ah, like, are you, are you willing to solve problems? Because there's going to be problems here too. You know, they might be the same or different, but there's going to be, there's going to be problems, you know? Right. Um, so I really like to hear if you're leaving a practice, I like to hear if it is like a personality thing or a people thing, how they've tried to resolve the problem in the past, how they've tried to make it work and maybe it just isn't. Right. How they've, how they've uh, kind of like tried to work through things and shown initiative in that way. Right. I ask, what are they looking for in a new practice and in your career? Um, and Shay said, you know, I want to be more at the forefront of dentistry. I want to use a laser. Um, I just want to learn more. And she was very interested and talked a lot about technology and wanting to do salivary testing and interested in the oral systemic link. I asked her, what are your expectations in your new position? And it's ironic because she said, I need to know what is expected of me. What are your expectations? I need to know what is expected of me. Great answer. Um, uh, how she answered, how my day is run for the average hygienist, how to run numbers. I need to know what the plan is for everyone. The less unknown, the better. So she wants to be set up for success, yes. right? She wants to be set up with all the information up front. And she seemed sincere about that. Like she seemed very sincere, like, listen, I just need to know what you expect of me. I already love this place. She was telling me why she, she thought it was great. And at the same time, she was a little bit guarded, you know, even after the entire interviewing process. And when she was hired, she was actually very guarded. And she said the words to me, I am waiting to see like the flaw in the system. I'm waiting to see the crack in the facade. You know, I'm waiting to see how this place isn't as great as it seems kind of thing. But honestly, she didn't get that impression because we pretended or faked anything. It was just, she happens to be a good fit for us. And we happen to be a good fit for her. You know, others wouldn't come in and say, I think you're freaking awesome. Others would come in and be like, this is, this is a hurricane. This is a whirlwind. This is not for me. And great. You know, the sooner we find that out, the better. But for her, she was like, this place is freaking amazing. I don't want to go anywhere else. Like I'm waiting to see how it isn't amazing. And she has yet to find it. She told me. Nice. Um, what are your expectations from your leadership team? This is another question that I like to ask. Uh, she said, clear standards, good communication, no passive aggressiveness, 
being recognized for the work that you do. So that tells me a lot about her. She values verbal feedback. She doesn't value passive aggression and, and she dislikes that. So she doesn't want drama, gossip, uh, passiveness. She wants to be straightforward, uh, clear standards and good communication. So I like that. Those are all things that I value too. Uh, I asked her, what are your communication preferences? And she said, I don't like negative talk. I like to move forward. Um, and she worked at a casino for 10 years. So she talked about that experience and, uh, and her experiences solving problems there. I asked her, what kind of technology have you used? She said, Dexis, Dentrix, mouthwatch camera. Uh, I asked her, what are your thoughts on learning new technology or skills that you've not learned before? She said, I'm all about it. I'm dying for Florida to get approved for lasers for hygienists, which I think is the next, the next step. I love researching gadgets and making my life as simple as possible. Anything that helps my ergonomics or helps my experience with the patient, which is so true. Shay, it's so funny. I tease her all the time. I'm like, you like your things. You like all your, your trinkets and your, and your things. She's way more interested in like instruments and uh, she's got the Newberg suction and different mirrors and different things for patient care. She's really into it. You know, she wants to personalize and make her practice really specific to uh, what makes her safe and healthy and what makes her patients the happiest and healthiest which is really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I asked if she had earned a bachelor's degree or was interested and she said, not yet. How long did it take for her training? I wanted to know about prereqs and you know, how long that took and did she apply to the program? Was she in the first time? I asked how, you know, our, we're a team of 40 people and we're interspecialty. So I asked, how do you feel about working on a very large team? She said, I worked at a casino. I'm not worried about that at all. So she had interacted with, it's like that restaurant environment, yes. a lot of different personalities, uh, big operations, a lot of moving parts. So I really liked that she had that background. I said, what do you think about, well, actually she shouldn't answer this one or maybe I didn't ask her. Uh, how do you prepare for your day now? So I wanted to hear how she prepared for her day, what set up for that and what kind of initiative she took to make sure that her day went well. Uh, she said she arrived at 7.45. She sees her first patient at 8.30. I don't like being late. She said, comes in, turns the lights on, gets sterilization ready for the assistant, which I liked because it didn't sound like a part of her job. She was just like, I'm here early. I'm going to get this set up for the assistant. Turns the music on, needs time to acclimate in the morning and get ready for the day. If there's work to be done and I'm on the clock, I'm going to do it. Our assistant works really hard. So any help I can give her, I'm going to. Really liked that. That tells you a lot. Yep. I could see already. I could see yep. already. It's just team it's player. <laughs> team player. She's not in just her own lane. It's not my patient canceled. So I'm going to sit around for an hour and twiddle my thumbs. Like she was like, if there's work to be done, I'm going to do it. And she explained how, you know, I'll, I'll help the assistant. I'll do this. I'll do this in sterilization. And I, I like to ask if people consider themselves a detail oriented person. And I like asking this question, not because I want to hear necessarily yes or no, because usually when you see someone's resume, you can tell if they're detail-oriented. You know, I'm, I'm asking to see if they're self-aware, to be honest with you. So whether the answer is yes or no, I don't really care as long as they're like honest and uh, aligned with whatever impression I'm, I'm getting and the team is getting from them. So she said, yes, I have a very good auditory memory. I'm good about any instructions or anything a patient told me, lectures I've been to. I can clear confusion as far as anyone might have uh, might have in the past. When I write my patient notes, I'd rather have too much information and write a book. I'm very meticulous about my actual hygiene procedure and give a good quote unquote cleaning. Uh, so she gave me specific reasons why she was a detail oriented person. Her resume was very well put together. Uh, 
it was very organized. She had a nice picture of her at the top. It was, I could tell that she was a detailed oriented person and I could tell that she was self-aware. So those are some of the things that's, that's what I consider a good interview. We had a great time. And now, you know, Che is one of our highest producing hygienists. She is crushing it. She has formed her, her patient base and people request her specifically. She loves it. It's Bodak. She's like, you will have to price Bodak from my cold dead hands kind of thing. Like she, <laughs> she loves it so much. She's like our biggest advocate. Um, and so is Jen, to be honest, Jen's newer. She's still establishing her clientele. Uh, but, but these are the two most recent hirees that I just feel like I'm so excited for them to both be there and grow with us. And this was the process that we used to onboard them. Yeah. And I think this is such valuable information. Like I said, you know, if you're listening and you're thinking, you know, I've been, I've been wanting to look around for a new practice or, you know, and, and obviously, you know, Brittany and my mentality on if you're, you know, if you're stuck in a place and you've tried all the things and it's just like hitting your head against a brick wall, then it, you know, it might be time to move on. Right. And, and to move on in this way, to really embrace it as, Hey, this is not just me going to work somewhere. This is like my career. And I want to, I want to be fulfilled in that. I want to really thrive and I want it to be exciting. And so, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out what it is I really want. I'm going to get grounded in my why I'm going to understand where I've been and where I want to go, where I'm weak, where I'm strong and you know, what challenges I've really overcome. And I'm going to take that forward and really put my best foot forward out there and don't settle. You know, if, if you're in a practice and you, you know, you go for the interview and it didn't feel right and, and it's not a good fit, then, you know, there are other practices out there. And I really love the concept of the 90 day. I just mm-hmm. think that that's, that's brilliant. I know we do that at Atlanta Dental Spa as well, but I just, I don't, you know, for the listeners out there who maybe haven't considered that, that's a really great idea. A really yeah. good test drive. I, I just, thought of a few other questions that I now ask. So I've kind of developed this since then. I also, I asked at some point, maybe in my phone interview, I I do like to ask people about their percentages and their numbers as well. And it's not so much about the numbers themselves. It's more about like, do you know where you are and where you stand? Do you know your own stats? So I do ask people about their collections and their production, their perio percentage. Uh, I ask those, those questions. And if the person really doesn't know, it's okay. Um, I just, ask why, you know, well, and, it, and it gives you some background to know maybe where they've been in the past, you know, have they been aware of that? Maybe they haven't been in a practice who, who made that a, you know, a, a point that everyone was yeah. aware of. So, yeah. 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 And, how, and I asked them, how do you feel about being aware of your production and your collections and being, uh, essentially your own boss, uh, you know, being with a business owner mentality, taking that on and taking initiative to run your own schedule. How do you feel about that? What do you think about having the autonomy to arrange your schedule how you want to? What do you think about partnering with an admin person and designing things so that it's most effective for you and your patients, you know? And I, and I just listen to hear their feedback. So, and these are some things too that I ask along the way, like during shadow day, I just, we just continue to pick their brains. So um, I think that these are some of the most quality questions that we can ask. Uh, Sharice, do you have anything else? Any other things that you can think of? I don't think so. I think you covered it all. Yeah. I think this is really great information. And I think it, you know, even if, let me say this too, I think it's just great information to think about if we're really happy with where we are in our practices. You know, if we haven't really taken a step back to say, where am I? Where do I want to go? What am I doing? What's working well? What do I want to get stronger at? Like, I think it's just a really great challenge for all of us across the board to, to stay current and stay excited about what we're doing. 
Yeah, and I think I think that this is these are some good tidbits, even if you want to stay in the same practice, but you want to ask for a raise or you yeah. want to stay in the same practice, but you want to develop somehow. It's good to come from a place of like, I have a plan. This is how I want to grow. This is what I want to do for the practice. These are my goals. If I achieve this, then that, you know, like I think just showing initiative and yeah. showing up, yeah. um, dressing for success, treating, you know, every review as though it's an interview, uh, taking it seriously and clearly understanding the value that you bring to the table and, and, the, and the value that you bring to your patients and your practice is what's going to get you the most fulfillment and happiness and get you what you want, even monetarily. I think a lot of times. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I hope that this was, hope that this was helpful for everyone. I, like I said, it's one of our favorite topics. It's one of my favorites. Uh, if you have any thoughts about hiring processes, about being interviewed, about creating a resume, please feel free to join us on our mighty network uh, at Bulletproof Hygiene or bring yourself and a friend and to their friends to our live summit in Austin, Texas in July of 2021. We would love to see you there. If you would like to see tickets or availability for that, you can go to uh, bulletproofsummit.com. Everyone have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you. 